0: Welcome to the Learning Reinvented podcast brought to you by myself, James Polatilo, and the team at The Learning Effect. There are lots of learning podcasts out there, so we want to do something slightly different. This week we're talking to Kate Vukomanovich, who's going to share her learning story. Welcome to the podcast, Kate.
1: Hi, James. How are you doing?
0: Really good. Thank you. So, Kate, wanted to get you onto the podcast because I think you've got quite an interesting story both in your career but also some of the challenges you're facing now so do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background
1: yeah sure so um well I'll tell you of a think actually uh just in preparation for today um so I started sort of officially or unofficially started my learning career in about 2011 um which is kind of scary now because I'm like oh that was 11 years ago um just sort of you know looking at the calendar and can't can't quite believe it so i started um came back from australia having had a bit of a career break although i'd not been having a career for that long at that point but i needed a needed a break so went to australia came back uh and then just needed a job really so started applying for lots of different things and um landed a job with groupon who had just started in the uk at that point um didn't really know I was getting myself involved uh, involved in at all but um, got started in a startup which was really exciting very fast moving and um, lots of change and originally I was doing recruitment um, but it quickly it sort of quickly transpired that we as we were we were recruiting you know lots of people into the business but um, we were also losing them pretty quick as well and, and the root of that was that They were not having a a great time kind of once they got in because they didn't really know what they were doing. So um, I was tasked with my first bit of training, didn't quite realise it at the time, which was inducting people into the business. Um, And that was really my first kind of foray into into the world of learning with no experience whatsoever, other than just kind of what I'd I'd picked up over the years in terms of inductions that I'd done. Um, and from there, it kind of snowballed. So I went from doing inductions to um, getting my kind of L and D qualifications through CIPD, which was long, but I'm glad I did it. Um, and then, yeah, kind of uh, we we had a, a great a great L and D team, which grew from sort of one and a half of us to there were six by the time I left. Um, and then I went from kind of tech sales startup to a 200 year old um, brewing and and pub business um, so moved over to Fuller's again in a very sort of traditional um, training role so lots of face-to-face training as it was I say in those days it makes it sound like it was the Victorian times it wasn't it was <laughs> only about um, six years ago but um, so moved over to Fuller's and and really enjoyed the kind of variation of working for a really old business and and all of the kind of interesting things that that uh, that that brought um and, as you know, that was my first opportunity to then have uh, to get involved in a digital um digital project so um we introduced a digital platform digital learning platform um and I kind of headed up that project which was which was really cool and then once that had rolled out and everything was going um I then decided to have make another change and moved over to the british retail consortium, which is where i am where I am now um I've gone from face-to-face training not really know what I'm doing face-to-face training sort of know what I'm doing probably a bit more um to digital part digital part face-to-face now role is uh completely digital which is which is great so kind of the evolution of, of Kate Bukumanovich
0: So you've come through that journey and like most of the people we talk to in learning development, it's not really a career path that you pick. You know, it's not something you sit at school and think, oh, I want to be doing learning and development for people in businesses or industry. It's it's not really one of those things that is on people's radar, but you've got into that. And what's fueled your passion through your career? So why have you stayed?
1: Um, That's a great question. I think i think right from those early days at groupon you could see the impact that just a little bit of investment in a person and um, you could see the impact that that made and and it's a real probably sounds completely cliche but it's a really it's a really great feeling to know that you've kind of helped somebody with their career um and to get the chance to kind of do that every day um you know in in a face-to-face training setting was brilliant and then i must admit once once I kind of got into the kind of digital learning world to then see that happening across thousands of people and how the the stuff that we were working on at Fullers and and, you know now the the things I'm working on at the BRC like how that impacts like hundreds of people and thousands of people it's it's pretty phenomenal and I think um, there's a real there's a real feel-good factor so when people say you know they don't particularly enjoy their jobs or there's elements of their job that they enjoy. Um, I would probably say I enjoy pretty much all of my job because everything is about helping helping others. So um, yeah, I think that's that's probably what's kind of kept me interested really. And and it's and it's changed so much in the last ten years. You know how we deliver training and the principles principles have stayed the same, but actually how we do it is is just. It's such an innovative um, space to be working in, so I think that's kind of what's kept me kept me interested.
0: And you're now at British Retail Consortium, which is quite a different beast in terms of what lots of people will be looking at in their learning careers if they're in a traditional in-house learning role, etc. So, what are who are BRC and and what's your learning offer and what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so BRC. um, So it's almost, uh, and again, I was sort of thinking about this last night, but. The BRC is probably somewhere between a startup like Groupon was and this really established business like Fullers was. So I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, and and I guess in terms of what we do, so the BRC main, as, as I would kind of call it, um, are a membership organisation, Trade Association for, for retail. Um, so working on behalf of retailers um in, in the UK. Um and really being a kind of great conduit between um, government and retailers and being the voice of retail. Um, the learning element is, was completely new when I joined the BRC, so that's the kind of startup bit, if you like, um, and it's really interesting because we are offering retail-specific programmes um, that are unlike any other, I think, that are out there at the moment. And we kind of take all of the learning and experience from, um, from the BRT, the policy teams, all of the events teams, and we we work out how to filter that into all of the learning that's taking place. So it's a really, um, yeah, it's a really great opportunity to, to kind of get stuck in, build something new, but, but harnessing all of this great knowledge that we have from, from all of the rest of the colleagues in the business
0: on that journey you know, done startup you've done the very traditional business at Fuller's where we work together you're now at BRC and you know again we've supported you along that journey but we wanted to talk to you not just about your learning journey but about some of the specific challenges you've faced in your career or are facing in your role at the moment. One of those is you've recently returned to work having been off on maternity leave and knowing you in your role you're full-time, full-on, want to do the absolute best you can so and you've come back part-time so it's really not something that you alone face in the workplace so how have you managed that transition and the balance and also being able to deliver and and keep your career going?
1: Yeah so it's definitely um, so I I kind of I dial it back maybe even a little bit further um, and I definitely regard myself and I, and I thought it's sort of bittersweet to say it, but I regard myself as one of the lucky ones because I know there are lots of lots of parents who are not in a, the position that I'm about to describe. So um, when I was pregnant, the BRC were just phenomenally supportive of um, of me and and getting pregnant and then being pregnant, which was um, which was amazing. And I, you know, I was working um, five days a week um, at that point, uh, kind of normal full time hours, and then uh again super supportive whilst I was off on maternity leave um there were lots of because our part of the business is so new there were lots of changes that were happening but they kind of kept me updated enough that um I knew what was going on but not inundated so that I felt sort of overwhelmed by you know being a new mum but also all the work uh, work stuff so the BRC have been really phenomenal um you know kind of employers with regard to that and then when the sort of question of me coming back to work and I I sort of always had it in my mind that I wanted to come back to work because whilst I love being a mum I also like having my own identity um, you know at at work and also outside of work Um, you know being a mum is part of me not 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 the whole of me and so I did want to come back and started the conversation about how that might work Um, and I knew that full-time hours are probably not going to going to work really for us and and our family so um sort of suggested the idea of of part time which which was you know listened to and and we sort of put a bit of a plan together and i must admit you know for all of the difficulties that covid has brought um for me and and my my situation actually covid has been dare i say it, a bit of a positive um you know, always trying to find a good in 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 these in these weird situations. But um, I work from home, primarily work from home, three days a week, which means um, I can do nursery drop offs and pickups. And you know, I'm not the first there and the last last you know first to drop and the last to pick up. So I'm really fortunate in that um, you know that, that that's the situation that we that we have at the moment. Um, I would say it's definitely a bit of a I've, I've had to sort of train myself to. Switch off on a Wednesday evening, and that's me done until the following Monday. But actually, the BRC again really, really supportive of that, and I'm not really contacted by the team on the Thursdays and Fridays I'm not working. So yeah, I think I think it works because I'm quite I manage my time um, as best as I can. But I also think it works because I've got a hugely supportive team um you know who are are really understanding that I do work part-time and 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 kind of um fit their requirements around that to um to make it work for me. so yeah, I guess it's a bit of a a bit of a interesting one really, and i wasn't to be honest I wasn't sure if it was going to work um, but here we are, and it seems to be it seems to be okay, so yeah we're in a in a good place, I think.
0: So it's great to hear that it's working and you mentioned you sort of adaptations and changes. So what are the lessons you've learned or the things that you do do differently or tips you've picked up along the way?
1: I think I think I'm much better and, and maybe maybe we're all a bit better at not always being on. Um, I think before I went on maternity leave um, and certainly not necessarily the BRC, but in my previous roles, I've I've always found it quite difficult to switch off from work so even though you're at home you've got your emails on your phone or you might do a bit of work in the evenings and and so I think that's been that's that's probably the biggest the biggest thing for me is when I finish work I'm finished until the next day unless there's you know something very urgent that needs dealing with but you know there aren't that many emergencies in learning and development dare I say it so um so yeah I think it's I think it is about being being on when i'm on and being off when i'm off because because i now wear all these different hats and so actually that's really important I, I don't want to i don't want work to kind of creep into the time that i'm i'm with my son and my family so um yeah being off is really important
0: do you have to be more organised than you were before or has that not changed
1: um i yes uh, well yes and no so i think well you've known me for a long time but I'm very organised anyway however I would say I now I'm not just organising me I'm also organising a bit of my husband's time um, if there are you know times when I I can't do the pickups or drop-offs and I'm also organising you know all the things that are going on for my for my little boy so yeah I suppose I do need to be more organised because I've just got more people to think about than just myself um so it was definitely a simpler life before I was a mum, but um, yeah, organisation is still, it is really important and, you know, and just like I say, kind of managing managing your time and the expectations of the people that you're working with.
0: And like you said, you've taken your role down to three days a week. You know, you were previously five days a week. That that role hasn't changed massively because you're still doing the same role. So Again, you know, we see lots of things in the press about people moving down to four-day weeks and, you know, challenges of that, etc. But you've moved down to a three-day week. Are there any things that work have had to do around the edge of that, or apart from, you know, respecting your time, is there anything that's happened around your role or around the way work operates, or anything else that's allowed you to adjust and continue to support the business in the way you do?
1: Yeah. So um, my uh, my boss said to me when I came back, you know, this. This is a five day a week role. It's full time. so how do we how do we manage that? Um, and I'm really fortunate in that um I've got very, as I said before, I've got a really supportive team. so um, and I don't lump work onto them, but there are things they can do in my absence. So um everybody's kind of got admin access to our digital platform, et cetera. So if there are small things that need doing, um they're not wholly reliant on me, which previously I would have said, no, no, it's fine, I'll I'll do it. Um, so actually it's good because everybody everybody's got a bit more um a bit more autonomy which is which is great um great for the team and great for me um but i would also say that i i'm able to call in support um kind of as required so um you know i know that i've called on um yours and uh and katie's um support you know having in, in times past so if there are pieces of work that i can um sort of outsource for for want of a better word or better better phrase but um so I have the opportunity to to do that kind of peak times or you know if I'm going on holiday and there are things that need to be done um then it's then it's great to be able to have a kind of team of people that I can kind of call upon um and it's not something that I have to do very often but it's great to know that it's there um and I'm and I don't I've never felt like I'm trying to squeeze five days into three um and and I'm also just really honest and set and have said to people, you know, in the team and outside of the team, if if I'm at capacity, um, then I have to reprioritise. And there are some things that will need to just be, you know, pushed into the sort of longer grass. And, and I think it's just managing, like I said before, managing people's expectations around that.
0: Yeah, because one of the things I think that people struggle with is that ability to say no and to keep those boundaries. You know, you know I, th- I think you do that really well. In your role of knowing what your capacity what the team's capacity is as to what you can deliver but also looking back at some of the transitions and changes people take is you know early on in people's careers people tend to want to own stuff take control of it and particularly some of the roles you've done where you're starting up projects etc you're moving at such speed where it is hard to keep everyone up to date and to be able to have that ability for the team to feed off you but, that ability to not be that island that everything rests on you or you're completely indispensable i think makes us all able to have a holiday look at our lives slightly differently take a slightly more relaxed approach at certain times and as you said occasionally be off because i think the pandemic and COVID has has helped us to sort of see those things as more important but the actual behaviours that underpin that and the drivers within ourselves, I think, are sometimes the challenges to that because we want to feel relevant or we want to feel involved all the time. So, you know, that it's as much creating the physical space, but it's also creating that attitude in yourself of being able to go, I can step back, I've got other things to balance and I'm not completely indispensable.
1: And I think that's I think that's it you sort of hit the nail on the head there and certainly you know um when we were working together and I was much earlier in my career I I definitely had that of you know well you know I I can do that I can you know oh you've got more stuff to do yeah I absolutely I can take that and I can help you and and give it to me and I'll look after it and you know and it was all I I did find it really difficult to say no um I think now I I have to say no because I can't do everything and actually it's not healthy for me to do everything and it's it's much it's much more balanced and, and actually my sister-in-law and i were talking about um new year's resolutions uh at new year funnily enough uh and and we sort of said actually maybe it's better to have a new year commitment and my, my commitment for this year is about balance and like i said before i wear many hats and so i can't i can't be everything to everyone um and if i try to do that i'll do lots of things really badly so I'd much rather um, take on the stuff that I know that I can do get support for the things that I know I'm going to need help with Um, and that allows me to you know turn my laptop off on a Wednesday and then be mum for you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday Um, and it's it's a much less if I could have told my younger self you know how to be less stressed it would be work when you're working and enjoy yourself when you're not Um, and you know you don't always need to be on because like you say you know no one is indefensible and I think people you get into that just that cycle of thinking that you need to to be doing everything and and always saying yes and um, yeah I think the sort of the the further into your career you get the, the more you realize that that is not actually true which is nice and refreshing
0: Absolutely. And I think great lesson work when you work and don't when you don't and enjoy yourself and that balance, again, allows you to hit work, refreshed, et cetera, or, or not necessarily refreshed. As we know, both know, having small children, you don't always come back refreshed, but a change is sometimes <laughs> yeah. great as well. Sometimes
1: coming to work is is the refreshing bit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And. Um, obviously in your role as well you're facing lots of challenges as we all are because the world outside us has changed massively over the last couple of years we've been through points where you know you said at the beginning of your career it was based on face-to-face and you'd made that transition into digital before the pandemic which was more than a lot of people had made but What are the challenges you're facing now as we're hopefully coming out the other end of the pandemic in terms of looking at your learning offer and what the right offer going forward?
1: Yes, I think we've um, so our businesses, you know, whilst I was on mat leave and and since I've been back in the last um, year, which I can't quite believe it's been a year, but that's just flown by. um, But I would say it's been it's been a steep learning curve for us because. The programs we were running previously were all face to face. Um, We didn't have any online digital offering at all. Um, And then suddenly, you know, whilst I was on maternity leave, um, we were plunged into this as everybody was, you know, what the hell do we do now? Um, And so. It, you know it all went online because that was the only option um and it was you know it it was pretty rapid and and what happened was you know the the absolute best that the team team could do in a, in a short space of time and and my god did did they pull some stuff out of the bag i you know I'm sort of in awe when I came back from from mat leave um and where we're at now is that we've well there's a few things actually that have been really interesting since I've been back so it's it's always been a very apparent to me that people generally speaking people like learning at their own pace um they like to be able to pick things up when they want to um and learn you know learn in a in a time and a um a kind of um, an environment that is that is right for them so and also the value of learning over an extended period is huge and we all know that you know if you do if you do a crash course um in driving you're probably not going to be quite as great a driver as if you had been learning for six months, you know, once a week. So there's definitely been uh, a bit of a, a bit of a review in terms of how we how we deliver our training. So last year, um, our kind of flagship programs, which are the um, BLC Leaders Summer Schools, so we run two two cohorts for those. Um, but last year, that was all online over a three month period, um, which was which was you know the the absolute best we could deliver and we had lots of interactive sessions and group coaching online and we utilized lots of different pieces of software and tried to make it very interesting Um, but it was all online and and i think whilst it was great that people had an extended period to do their learning um, and lots of touch points throughout the course with their group coaches and the speakers and presenters we we all felt, and I think, you know, um, the programme team delegate speakers, that it, we were really missing that human connection. And so, um, whilst I am obviously a huge advocate of digital learning and being able to do it at your own speed and, you know, on the, on the go, whatever, um, you can't under underestimate the power of that kind of personal connection and, and human interaction. And the the beautiful thing about a lot of our programs is the networking and how valuable that is for the people. so we bring we bring retailers from around the country and you know across the sector together. and that's you know harnessing the power of the network is really important. So I think where we're at now is that we, for our flagship programs, we are going to do both, um which is which is quite cool. So, the residential, there'll be a residential element at the beginning and at the end of our summer schools this year um, with a, an extended period um, in between about eight weeks to do the kind of online learning, but it the, the give you the opportunity to then embed it back into your business. So we've really looked at um, what works both um, offline and online and we've we've tried to kind of build, build that into a, an eight-week programme. So maybe ask me at the end of the summer and I'll be able to tell you how that's that's planned out but hopefully hopefully good
0: and how's that transition been because you know we obviously you before were 100% face-to-face in some of those programs then you went 100% online and yeah. now you're un- unpicking to as you said hopefully having the right blend and, and it will be the first time you've done it so I'm sure there will be most of it will be right but there'll be lessons learned and other ad- adaptations you make as, as things go forward but how have you made that transition back and kept check on yourself and the teams because you'll have some people who love face to face some people you know how have you made sure that you've you've made the most balanced sensible decisions during that process
1: yeah so what we've um so it's quite so it's quite interesting so last year we have so uh, if I if I look at the summer schools as an example so there are four um lenses that we have within the summer school and the lenses um, are kind of championed by by a, an individual um, or a or a company, and so the face to face elements are really giving all of the delegates an opportunity to kind of get up close and personal with the the lens owners as we call them, um, ask them lots of questions, um, listen to them speak. Um, these people are incredibly passionate. So um, the four lenses are people, planet, profit, and purpose. Um, so pretty big chunky, um, chunky subject areas, and so we're giving our delegates, um, yeah, a- opportunities to get really close to those, um, really quickly, really close to those, uh, those different lenses, and then the kind of work that will proceed, um, proceed that is, um, really then kind of getting into the nitty gritty of, um, the kind of models and theories, but also the group coaching, so putting it all into practice, so i think that's that's how we've tried to to sort of balance it for this year um and to yeah to kind of deliver a program that gives people opportunity to to kind of make those connections and and the the network right at the beginning and then work with those teams over over the eight week period before then kind of consolidating it all at the end um in person so yeah we've tried to we've tried to really think about where the most um useful places for um you know the kind of face to face and then the long form content so we've you know and we we're introducing things um this year sort of more strongly like podcasts so people can listen to it on their commutes if they are commuting again um and sort of the longer form content and yeah really just trying to make it um the the right content for um and interactions for the the kind of the the right situation at, at that time
0: Cause we're speaking to lots of people who are facing that similar challenge so you know they've gone from everything being off or you know traditional more traditional learning system to the world being shut down for a period of time and, and that being removed as an option and you know pushing onto zoom sessions or you know putting in lots of online learning courses but it sounds to me like you're almost reinventing what you're originally doing, because you've got that opportunity to look at it again and and really be creative in what you're doing. And it isn't just this, it's one or the other, it's that real blend of things, hate that term, but you know, an appropriate combination of things. What have been the biggest challenges in trying to make that work? Because I know it's not an easy challenge that people face is to think about things in a completely new way, be creative, you know go back to people and you know tread on things that were sacrosanct to people or or suggest things that are completely new so what's been the biggest challenge during for your team as part of that process
1: i think the biggest challenge so i guess the the biggest challenge we faced originally was how do you take a completely face to face program and deliver deliver a similar experience and similar learning via a computer and um, and I think what we quickly learned was that that wasn't going to happen you know what we what we needed to do was was really think about what we wanted to deliver and and how we were going to do it and yes whilst whilst the network element was really important and people getting to know one another was really important we knew we were going to have to adjust that whilst it was all all virtual um, and I think we have now looked at what we did last year with with that you know that kind of okay we've now been through this process and then really worked out like where the human it well, how 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 can we leverage the human interactions to make that to make that feel really special um and I think we also you know you know the stuff we were delivering face to face before the pandemic was really um steeped in lots of tradition and um, it was quite, uh, it was, there was a, there was a formula, a tried and tested formula that we've been, doing, you know, that had been going for a really long time. So I think it was almost a chance to sort of rip up the book and, and say, right, well, what do we do now? Um, and I think the biggest challenge has been trying to not cram too much stuff into each of the different elements. So it's really been, um, to go back to that word balance, but about creating balance. So yeah the right the right thing at the right moment but not overdoing it and trying to get too much in because we especially with with you know a program that's looking at these kind of four lenses which are massive you know you could just you could try and get everything in so it's it's also about I think being we've had to be quite selective um and selective of the the time of, of the delegates and what we're asking of them and and not not just piling more stuff in because it's online and um, as often will happen you know people just go a bit crazy with you know extra reading and all of these extra things you could do um so i think we're trying to be uh, quite measured in what we deliver and, and how we deliver it
0: yeah and I've i've seen that both in your approach to content but also your approach into learning experience as well so you're looking at you know varieties of different types of tech along the way it's not just let's bung some learning online and have some some sessions in between and you do some pre-work you're actually looking more holistically at to what tech can support what other additions can be but you're not trying to put everything in overnight as well I think that longer term view you've got for a program building and building your capability in BRC because again you said it's a startup you know you are a couple of years into running a new learning business so i think having that vision and testing and learning and adding new things to what you're doing and engaging with your customers i think is a really great lesson for people who aren't necessarily in a learning business but delivering learning into their business as well because you don't need to achieve everything overnight and you don't need to do everything just now because you've got that content or because that technology is available it's about the right time when you're ready and looking at learning experience
1: and i think that's it actually it's um you know our learning platform the, the platform that we use has got lots and lots of functionality um and we we use a good chunk of it and um each each time we we're, we we're you know we we're, we're planning a new program i'm i'm always thinking and it's my job too but i'm always thinking about you know how how could what, is there any other features that we could bring in that would enhance the experience of the learner um and but it's also about is that the right thing to do? So just because we can do it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it where we should do it. Um and there's definitely been there's definitely been a good amount of that, I, I would say over the last year in that you know we don't just turn on functionality because because it's there. and and you know sometimes, and it might be simple things like um integration. like zoom integration is a, is a great example. So we could we can run all of our sessions through our learning platform, all the Zoom sessions if we're doing those. Um, but actually, is that the best user experience, or do people prefer to use their Zoom app on their desktop? Probably that's the answer. Um, we, we So we thought, and it turns out that that is true. So, so actually, uh, an invite, a calendar invite, which feels a, a bit old fashioned and not necessarily that well connected, but that's the better way for the learner. So although it's easier for me to to set up all of our sessions on zoom through our learning platform um that's not the best thing for our for our learners at this moment in time so yeah i think it's um it's not just about throwing functionality at a program and you know it being singly or singing or dancing but and, and it's kind of nice and shiny from my perspective but not the best user experience for the learners
0: no, and I think that's key. And that's always been part of one of those mantras you've had is keep, you know, what's it like for the learner, not necessarily the learning team. What's it like for the learner and the learner experience?
1: Yeah. And I think if, you know, with um, I sort of say I'll say this gently, but as a looking as a digital learning manager, um, if things are a bit clunky for me in the back end and a little bit complicated in the back end, I'm all right with that. As long as it's a great experience for the learner. I mean, I'd like it to be really smooth and straightforward, and, and for, for the most part, I'm quite lucky that it is. But but it's all, you've always got to be thinking about the the learner and how it's going to work for them. And um, yeah, if you're if you're making any changes or putting in in anything new, just having their experience kind of front and center, not not just what might make it easier for us or the um, you know the, the program designers or whoever it might be that you're working with.
0: I think that's really helpful and useful to think you know drill it back down to those basics don't you know as you said you may have thought one thing would be better but testing that out understanding what really works for learners is key so we've done a bit about your background we've done a bit about where you are now some of the challenges you're facing what next for you in the brc
1: so um yeah (laughs) we so called cool, so we have sort of peaks and troughs with our um learning which is which is nice because it kind of gives us an opportunity to, to regroup so we've had our we've had our regrouping time which was sort of before christmas um and now it's full steam ahead so we've got our um brc retail masters which kicks off at the end of february i was going to say march but it's not It's the end of february um which is this first hybrid program will be running so that's uh, two days online three days in person at our um, brand new shiny building in um, Covent Garden which is great so uh, yeah good chance to sort of road test both the program and the building and you know how all of that is going to work and then it's full steam ahead for the um, BRC Leaders Summer School so um, yeah the, the planning for that we finished summer school in August and the planning for summer school 2022 started the first week of September. Um, so there wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a huge amount of downtime, um, but it's already um, shaping up uh, to be a brilliant course. So we we are uploading and confirming speakers every week, which is great. Um, all the plans are underway. We've just announced that the um, new home of the summer school is going to be Ashridge Business School. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a very busy uh, few months, I think, as we as we get going on all of um, all of the content and filming starts, and you know all of the, all of that stuff. So um, it's really exciting to be doing lots of stuff in person again, and not um, necessarily doing lots of recordings over Zoom, which is quite nice. So yeah, there's lots of lots of things happening this year, which is sort of like getting back to how we how we used to do things, um, but with this kind of new this new view on the world and and how learning is gonna gonna take shape so yeah i think uh, the end of july will be um a lovely time because the summer school will be over masters will be done uh, we'll have a little break again probably for a week and then and then it will all start again for next year
0: but yeah really exciting times because you've got that first real you know fruition of of that bringing that face to face that tradition that innovation the tech you know all of those learnings together for the first iteration as you said it will then deliver be mentally busy and then you'll be on to what do we do to make it even better the following year and if people want to follow you on that story and see how that goes and or just connect with you and you know tap into your experience your expertise or bounce anything off you what's the best way of doing that
1: um so um for professional uh uh, contact. Um, I'd say LinkedIn is probably the best uh, best place to find me. Um, so Kate Vukomanovic. Which um, just type in Vuko, you'll you'll find me. I'm there somewhere. Um, You can also follow all of the goings on uh, on BRC, the BRC learning um, channel on LinkedIn. So we we with lots of updates going on there, all the speakers and and all that sort of stuff, which is great. Um, And then um, the other place to find me is on Instagram, but I don't really talk about learning on Instagram. I talk about baking, uh, which I do a lot of with my son on Thursdays and (laughs) Fridays. um and uh and cold water swimming and various other things so um yeah those are kind of the the main channels but always very happy to um to answer any questions or um share share any of the experiences that we that that i've had that that might be useful to others um so yeah it's been it's been lovely chatting to you james
0: Absolutely. And thank you for that, Kate. We'll share all of those links in the show notes below so people can get in contact via LinkedIn, follow you on Instagram or whatever they want to do as well. So thank you for joining us and it's been great to catch up.
1: Lovely. Thanks, Jane. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Learning Reinvented podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you've not already done so, please follow our podcast. And if The Learning Effect can help you and your organisation, please do get in touch. You can find both James and Katie on LinkedIn and our contact details are in the show notes below.